Welcome to the show, Casey. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, man. I love your company name. I, I know I asked you earlier, but Tailored Property, it's, it rolls off the, the surname very well. Tailored Property Wealth, it does. <laughs> Did you just come up with that just really quickly or was that something you needed to think about a lot? I kind of thought about it for a little bit and obviously what I'm trying to target is tailoring my service to what my clients are kind of wanting to look at long term. So I think it just fits in well. Yeah, nice. I obviously did a bit of research prior. You sent me a, a video on YouTube regarding your company, just for more of a branding understanding. And you said something which stood out in the video that I watched and it said quality versus quantity. Like it seems like this is clearly not just about a transaction for you. It's it's really, uh, from what I understanding, very much a very like bespoke, tailored, very personal style of relationship that you bring on with the client. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. I think what I really want to focus on is obviously that quality, not quantity. And it really is that relationship piece. So when I work with clients, they have a really close relationship with me throughout that journey. And I think that really reflects in the results that I get for clients as well. Not really rushing it, just trying to get paid. It's let's find that right property that's going to be really good long-term for our clients. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing that because yeah, real estate, unfortunately, sell side and buy side, like it can become very transactional focused and you know, the, the client does get lost in all of that. Yeah. And I think if you just focus on looking after that client, that client's going to tell other people that they had a really great experience and they're going to come back again. So it's just having that long-term approach, I think. Agree. What was your first job? Like looking back in your life, where did it start for you? Yeah. So first job, I was living in Tamworth. So born and raised in Tamworth and I started working on a chicken farm, collecting eggs. And if you break it down, I think it was five cents a dozen back then, but I got really quick at that. And it, I think at 16, I was making about $20 an hour, which was actually pretty good back then. But it was a, it was a hard job and yes, worked every Saturday, Sunday on the weekend. But yeah, it was good where I started my work ethic, I think. 20 bucks an hour back then was, would have been not bad. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. Like for a 16-year-old and especially, I think it was like 2007 roughly off the top of my head. Yeah, it was good. And I was just putting that all in the bank. Yeah, that's actually, it was actually a lot per hour. I mean, I need to look back, but I reckon that's like well, well above average. It was. Yeah, I think people at McDonald's were maybe earning like $8 or $9 an hour. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, it was good money. At 16, what did you have any dream of what you wanted to be? Look, I think properties are always been of interest to me. And that comes back to, I think we built the family home in, I think I was 11 at the time. And I kind of got really interested in just like floor plans and things like that. And it kind of sparked my interest in wanting to be an architect. But over time, that just naturally progressed into wanting to build a portfolio. And that's kind of where the interest started. Yeah, nice. So from what I understand, you carried multiple jobs after, you know, the chicken farm. Did you know at, at an early age that you wanted to become an entrepreneur, like you wanted to run your own business? Yeah. Well, I think I've had that since a young age and it's always been kind of a desire and I've looked at different things throughout that time. So my pop created a company in Tamworth that was the family business. My dad worked in that business and I kind of saw them working in that business and working hard to that business and they had a really good brand and reputation. So I think that's probably what's really motivated me to want to start my own business and over time with the skills that I've developed and obviously the passion and knowledge, it's kind of just transferred into what I'm doing today, which I absolutely love. 
What inspired you most about your dad? Just his work ethic. He's just always been a hard worker and consistent for a very long period of time. So I think that's just really influenced me as well. And I think my pop was really a really hard worker as well. So I think it's definitely influenced my work ethic for sure. Did he share business lessons with you? Like, did you guys discuss business? Not a whole heap, to be honest. I don't think he wanted me to get into the family business. That's kind of something that he did say. And then they went on and sold that about five, six years ago, maybe due to circumstances changing. But I think something that really motivated me from that as well is they had the family business. However, they didn't really diversify into other assets. So that's kind of what has really motivated me to create that portfolio as well. So that into retirement, I've, I've really set myself up, even if I don't want to work. Yeah. Just through the passive income strategy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So fast forward now, you're running your own buyer's agent business, tailored property wealth. Talk to me about that journey. I know, I know it's a broad question, but I mean, you came from, from what I understand, finance before, right? Yeah, that's right. Were you running your own company? I wasn't, no. So this is the first company that I've started and been running myself. So- like, how did it feel when you decided to kind of get out of that employment world? Obviously, jump into those entrepreneurial shoes. You've obviously cultivated so much learning along your career since 16, you know, doing multiple different, I guess, carrying multiple jobs and doing, you know, different things. Like, did you feel prepared or were you like shitting yourself? Like, what was going on for you? I think it was more exciting. Yeah, sure. It was probably a little bit scary, but I don't think I let that overwhelm me at all. And what I did for, a good part of 2021 was grind away while doing a full-time job to set the business up. And before I had my first client, I had everything really mapped out on that client experience and how it's going to look. So when I have that first client, every single step is already prepared for, and they have that really good experience right from the start. So because of that preparation, I wasn't really scared. It was more just exciting. And I just wanted to get in and just start cranking it really. That's amazing. Did you have a good support network around you, like family, friends, or past colleagues who were there to cheer you on? That's an interesting question. I would say that there's probably some people in my family that were a little bit more negative, to be honest, about that and projected that, whether it be fear or maybe jealousy onto me. And I just had to make sure I blocked that noise out and focused on what I wanted to do. So I think that's something over time I've really developed is just my mindset because people maybe don't understand or they have fear or, or jealousy and they project that onto you at times. And it's the same with investing. So I just focus on my goal and stick to that. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think a lot of people, I think in the business realm, do face that, whether it's adversity or skepticism or pessimism or whatever you want to call it along the way. Like I've, you know, you probably heard like Elon Musk when he, I think he was at a charity or something with, with Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett just basically told him that, you know, this is the early stages of Tesla. Well, I think maybe, I'm not even sure if Tesla was, was operating under Musk's leadership, but basically said, it's, it's not going to fucking work. Like, like throw in the towel, buddy. And so, and that really, apparently, according to Musk, was like, he really looked up to obviously Warren Buffett and he, he, he found it was devastating to hear that. And so for me as well, like when I started Cohen Handler, like I had a lot of people telling me I was going to fail, like this model, how's it going to work? Like, why is someone going to pay you money to help them? And so I think a lot of people, probably you, me, Elon Musk, different people like use it as fuel. Yeah, for sure. I think it's super motivating. It's like, well, I'm going to go and show you how to do it. It's just fuel to the fire. I think people projecting that onto you when you started Cohen Handler, what, 
What do you think the reason was why they were projecting that? I think it was a combination of, so the, the, the primary people that were telling me I was going to fail were real estate agents. If I was to look at like a group of data of people, it was real estate agents. That could have been a combination of fear where they're, they're, they think they own the buyers. And back then, no one knew what a buyer's agent was. So they probably were thinking I'm going to interfere with their business. Number one, which I wasn't. I'm, I'm, you know, as you know, like we support real estate agents through the transaction. And I think too, I mean, my parents as well, but I think people just, the concept was not known. So it was not normal for a buyer to pay a buyer's agent, engage one. It was, it was foreign. It didn't exist really. So I think people just couldn't see the vision and just genuinely thought this ain't going to work. And I think it'd be easy for people who are starting businesses, not in real estate across all industries, to not pursue ideas because they, they listen to other people. Just like mainstream media, you sometimes need to block that out because that's just going to make you sit on the fence and never take action. You just got to get in there and give things a crack, I think, for sure. I agree. So what was it like when you got your first client and you did your first deal? It was pretty damn exciting thinking back to the first client. So I had the strategy session and we had a follow-up call to kind of chat through that. They knew I was early into the business. So I was driving from my full-time job home and my car actually wouldn't start. So I'm kind of preparing through the objections that we're going to have throughout that conversation. I had to get my partner to pick me up from work on the way home. So I'm standing on the side of the road, kind of preparing for that get home, have that conversation. And they signed up that night. So it was, it was really rewarding, really exciting. And it was like, okay, we're on here. When you signed your first client, I know I asked you a question earlier around how you were feeling about starting a business. Like every time I, I, I run six businesses and every time I start a business for me, like I'm fearful. And there's actually some research carried out around billionaires, a group of billionaires. And a lot of them just think they're going to fail constantly. They think they're going to fail, which, which drives such a high level of performance and discipline and et cetera. But where I'm going with this is I want to understand from you, like when you sign that first client, do you feel like like your self-image or your level of confidence, your belief system, whether it's to do with the, the service you're providing, like did that all elevate at all or did it just kind of stay pretty much the same? Look, I think probably the first couple of clients, I actually, my confidence didn't really pick up, I would say. I think today where I'm at, my confidence level is quite high. I'm confident that I'm really good at what I do. And that's just a reflection on the consistent results that I get from my clients. Back then, I, I kind of felt like I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. It's like you, you look at other people in the industry that are really successful and I'm like, can I do this? So that was probably more my thought process back then, but now it's definitely changed after building up that experience consistently for sure yeah i think it's natural for especially in business to to compare to compare you know ourselves to other people and i think it's they say comparison is the thief of joy you know i think that it can really strip you away of of where you need to go to when you get caught up in other people's success path for sure and i think over time what i've done is i've kind of just compared myself to what I was 12 months ago, for example. And as long as I'm growing as a person, that's more what's important than comparing you to some, someone else. So, How have you changed? You said the word growing. How, how, how have you changed since you started your buyer's agent business? It's a good question. I think, I think my people skills have elevated. I thought that I had pretty good people skills as well as I think off the back of COVID, and this is probably getting a little bit deep personally, but I had a little bit of social anxiety, I would say. 
And that was just from staying at home so much and potentially other people experience this, but I kind of went into my shell a little bit. Whereas now I find I'm back to my original self, probably prior to COVID. And yeah, I'm just a lot more confident in speaking, speaking to anyone really. So that's probably, yeah, a little bit of my growth, I would say. That's amazing. What do you do to stay motivated? I know as a business owner, like it can be isolating. It's obviously very challenging. There's ups and downs. And like, is there anything specifically that you do in your life just to stay more motivated? I think, um, I think being consistent with exercise for me is something that is massive. It just gives you the energy all around every day to be able to perform at that higher level. Something that really elevated my motivation was I did over 12 months sober and the clarity and energy and just focus that I had from that just completely elevated what I was doing. And that was when I was working full time and starting the business and getting everything prepared. Last year, I kind of casually drank a little bit, but I did stints of like 90 days sober still, one month sober, whatever it was. And there's just a massive difference with getting off the booze, I think. I know that you're not much of a drinker as well, so. Yeah, I've actually got someone who was staying with me recently. And I, yeah, I was just having this conversation last night. Yeah, I, I haven't drunk, I think, in, in about maybe nine years. Yeah, well, do you have like a casual drink or just none at all? No, no, I, have, I haven't drunk once, actually, at my brother's wedding about five years ago, but I haven't. I haven't drunk at all in the, in that last, I think, eight or nine years. And I'd say it's the best decision I've ever made in my life was stop drinking. Yeah. It's a poison when you look at it, I think. What was kind of the catalyst for you to stop? I, I, I just started Cohen Handler and don't know how I had wisdom at that age because I was in my mid-20s. But, mate, I just got sick. Essentially, essentially, I got sick of waking up with hangovers. My performance was getting affected. My sleeping was getting affected. My eating was getting, there was too many factors. And I was like, man, this, this doesn't stack up. And if I want to be a high performer and I want to build an extraordinary business, I've got to stop drinking. And that's what I did. Stems into every part of your life, doesn't it? Mm, mm. I think it only causes problems, in my opinion. Yep. And one could argue that, well, oh my God, you're at dinner or lunch and you're, you're more social or you have, well, if you, if you can't, enjoy yourself to that level without having a glass of wine, a beer or whatever you're doing, then you've got other shit to work on as well. 100%. And I think it's just the Australian culture as well that you have a drink in your hand, which doesn't need to be the case. Yeah, that's it. So you you currently live in Newcastle? I do. Beautiful Newcastle. Yeah, beautiful Newey. I was there about two months ago and it's, I hadn't been there in a long time. And it, from when I'd been, it's fully changed in a really good way. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, a lot more buildings and it's developed into a city in itself, I think. Even just, I moved down here in 2015. So that comparison from where it is now to 2015, it has changed a lot for sure. Yeah. It's like gone through this massive gentrification. It's like rejuvenated. It's like, it's a really buzzing place. So you're doing owner rock around your, you know, the local region and you're also, you're buying investment properties interstate. Is that right? That's right. So look, we really specialize in investment properties nationwide. And at the moment we're focusing heavily on Brisbane and Adelaide, but obviously we're still doing that own occupied locally as well. Are you genuinely loving what you do? Like has this career path met your expectation, exceeded it? I'm talking from more like a, a passion point of view. Yeah. I think it's exceeded my expectations because what I'm able to do now is that even within the business and obviously I've been able to grow a lot in comparison to a salary from an income perspective, but I just have freedom to be able to go and do things I want and have that flexibility if I 
need to start a little bit later or finish a little bit earlier. I'm still doing the hours that I need to, but it just has that flexibility. And I just genuinely love helping clients get the results. And I'm, I just am following my passion really. So it's awesome. I love it. And like, what does a typical, like what does a typical day look like for you? Um, so there's a number of different factors is discovery calls, talking to, to clients in that initial conversation. It might be catching up for a strategy session, understanding kind of where they're at, how I can help them, speaking to agents, trying to source properties for existing clients that are on the books. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. Nice. So, and you talked earlier, just, you mentioned, let's loop back. I mean, you talked about freedom, how important I mean, you, you obviously you've, you've worked in, in different industries. You've carried so many different jobs. I'm, I, I did look at obviously your career path and you've just left the finance world. You're now running your own business. Like how important now is freedom for you as you like move into this next chapter of your life? I think it's very, very important, both from just a personal perspective and like my mental state of mind. And if I, if I have that freedom where I can look after my mental state of mind and my health, that's only going to translate further into what my clients experience. If I'm a better version of myself, I'm able to deliver at a higher level to my clients as well. So it's just that compounding effect, I think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom's, freedom's the currency for me, man. Like I think yeah. there's, there's no point in chasing the dollars if you're, if you're working seven days a week and you don't have a life, like what's the point? hundred percent. Some, and I'm like a really simple dude. I don't, I don't need a flashy car or anything like that. Easy for me, go down to the beach, go for a swim, go for a walk at the beach. Something that simple just provides clarity and, and helps you chill out. And you just, it's awesome. Yeah. Simple life, mate. It's, it's what I've learned is from my perspective, it seems like it's for you clearly as well. Like it's, it's the best life. It's, it's the simple things in life that are, that I think are important. How long have you like cultivated this simple living? I think I probably really started to change my lifestyle once I moved down to Newcastle and that was kind of part of the move is having that lifestyle where you've got the beach and you've got different things to do. And then progressively over time, I was really starting to focus more on that health. I've always kind of worked out, enjoy my exercise, but really starting to focus just on the overall health side of things for sure. And that's probably been influenced by my current partner as well. She she lives a healthy lifestyle and I think that's definitely impacted how I improve and live my life as well. Yeah, nice. That's so good. And 2023, like are you are you feeling this is going to shape up to be a, a monster year for you? I think so. Obviously, I've got that momentum there now and it's really starting to gain traction and I'm just going to keep doing what got me to the dance. It's that consistent daily habits that get the results. And this year, I'm kind of really going to focus on building that brand as well. So getting on, doing these podcasts and that sort of thing is is one of my big goals. Yeah, good. Great. Yeah, I've, I've been I've been following you on socials and watching your success path grow from strength to strength. And it's it's been impressive. And yeah, you, you seem like you've got a really good value system around, you know, what you're looking to achieve, not just for your client, but around yourself. And I think it's really powerful. And I think we'll end on this note. And I've, I've really enjoyed this discussion and I just wanted, I guess, to understand, especially for the audience sake, where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me tailoredpropertywealth.com.au. You can follow me on LinkedIn and Instagram as well, Tailored Property Wealth on Instagram. Awesome, dude. Well, wishing you all the best this year and look forward to seeing you crush it even further. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me and thank you for creating the course that's motivated me to kind of do what I'm doing today. You're welcome. Thanks, Casey.